0: Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, and once again, with Todd McElhaney, my good friend. And, you know, Todd, you and I get to meet on a regular basis and talk about life. How old are you?
1: I'm 27.
0: 27, and I am 63, so we have a little bit of a difference in our age. Mm-hmm. And uh, does that seem to matter as we talk about things?
1: N- um, <clears throat> I think in a good way, yes, okay. because I'm getting to learn wisdom from you. You've live more life than I have. Yeah. So in the conversation sense, like, no, it doesn't matter at all. But in the uh, ability for me to glean and learn from you, I think in a positive way, yeah, it, it makes a big difference. Yeah,
0: you know, here's what's really weird. When I look at someone like yourself, you are, you're probably one of the more creative people I've ever met. Thanks. And in the creativity, <laughs> you know, a lot of times we, we think that's like smarts. So you're a smart person, because you're creative, you can put things together. Mm-hmm. Now, I grew up not really liking school, not really caring to ever be in school, playing football, playing hockey. Smart wasn't the word anybody used for me. <laughs> now, what's, what's interesting is I've gotten older. I'm in a profession, if you want to call it, where I do a lot of teaching and thinking. And, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes someone says, well, you know, that, that's pretty smart what you said. And I think, you know, I don't think so. I think the simple becomes extremely profound. Mm -hmm. at moments and i think that experience is what matters a lot not not so much brain power because if you've lived long enough you've gone through a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. and it sounds like you're smart but basically (laughs) you know if if i'm warning you about like if you're going to use a chainsaw i would wear chaps do you wear chaps when you do a chainsaw yep See, I would tell you that you need to make a deal with your wife that you will always wear chaps. Now, where do you think that comes from?
1: (laughs) Experience.
0: Exactly. Twice I've cut my leg. Mm. And once I cut my toe. Oh. Yeah, Yeah, that would come from
1: experience. then You know, experience of not having chaps.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, when you look at it, one of the the really weird things is I'm experienced with a saw. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be cutting my leg or my toe, mm-hmm. but that's the problem. I'm so comfortable with the saw running mm-hmm. that I'm doing three or four things at once, mm-hmm. and so now I'm not thinking about where that chain is. And when I was younger and I was using a chainsaw, I was concentrating on the f- chain, mm-hmm. and so I knew where it was. But now I'm like grabbing my water and and looking at the tree and doing this and doing that and revving the saw up at the same time. You know, it's like
1: <laughs> juggling them, just yeah. juggling those chainsaws. Yeah,
0: so it's like okay, I got to. So I would suggest to anybody that when you're out in the woods and you're cutting on a chainsaw, I would suggest you be with another person. I would suggest you wear chaps, and I would suggest you wear hearing protection. Mm -hmm. And that's because I used to not wear chaps. I used to go out by myself, and I didn't wear hearing protection. So... (laughs) That's where that comes from. It doesn't come from real smartness. It comes from the fact that you made the mistakes But now you sound smart because you're advising that. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think it's valuable. I think I want to encourage all of our listeners. You should have relationships with multiple generations. One of the things I value so much is last night, my wife and I work at a youth club at our church, and those are third graders through sixth graders. So I get to spend Wednesday night with third graders through sixth graders. I actually love doing that and I love being with those kids. I love just messing around with them and they're my buddies. You know, they, most of them don't care how old you are. They don't, they don't say anything about your age. If you do ask them, it's pretty funny. Cause how old do you think I am? Oh, you're probably old, like 40, <laughs> you know, something like that. Or, or you'll get the other goes, you're about a hundred. You know, it's like, thank you very much. You have no perspective whatsoever that's funny but they're fun to be around yeah. and and i enjoy so then i have that perspective and then i get to meet with you and you're in your 20s and mm-hmm. my daughters are in their 30s and and then i get to be with people my own age in their 60s so it's like you know what i, I get the best of all the worlds mm-hmm. i really enjoy the different ages uh your children how old are your boys
1: finley's three and elliot's one and i'm
0: looking at him thinking man what a special age mm-hmm. Uh, the truth be told, they could drive you nuts at, at this. <laughs> I mean, in certain yeah, ways, they can be a handful. They can be a handful, but on an, in another way, I think, oh, how fun is this? I mean, you mm-hmm. got a handful. That mm-hmm. that yeah. that's that's a time in life where someone like myself looks at it and says, that's gone for me.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, I'm not going to have kids that age anymore, mm-hmm. and uh, enjoy every moment of it. So, kind of kind of an interesting. Perspective yeah. on, on life, that's and that's the point
1: of the whole younger older. It how is keep, it keep people in your life. Yeah.
0: Um, here's what I would suggest: if you're uh, under 40 years old, I would suggest sometime, if you really want to learn how to communicate with older people, and you want to go to a nursing home or go to a retirement facility, and just see if you can sit in a lounge and talk with somebody, ask them about their life, and listen. It might be very interesting what you hear, and likewise, you would be bringing them a, a moment of joy that somebody actually cared about them enough to sit and listen to them talk mm-hmm. about life. Yeah, um, you could offer this person something that others can't offer them, because a lot of times those people in uh, nursing facilities or some retirement homes are extremely lonely mm. because they're they feel isolated from the world and there's so much experience that they have that they could probably share with you that, and they would be delighted to share with you. In fact, if you took someone like your son over to a nursing home, they wouldn't, I mean, they would notice they're old, but they don't care. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they don't care. It's more like your age or older that starts to say, well, these people are old, you know, I'm not You know, kind of thing. Kids are just kids. And mm-hmm. they might call them old. They might ask them why they have wrinkles, you know, and <laughs> things like that. But yeah. Anyway, now you're, a, you're a, uh, somebody I consider a creative. So sure. that means to me that, that you, are, you take information and you can creatively mm-hmm. assemble it, whether it be music or video or you, you're an artist and you could draw. Now you might say, oh, that term is, I get mm-hmm. to use the term. Okay. B- because okay. I see what you can do, and I think you're an artist, and and maybe not a formal artist, but you can take ideas and translate them into um, or concepts and translate them so that people can see them in a different mm-hmm. forum. Um, I think sure. one of the things you do is is work in music very well. You you've written songs, you've performed songs. You if I had a worship leader that I wanted to work with me. If I'm speaking somewhere, I just as soon have you do it because I think that you point to God. So let me ask you about the process of creating a song. How does anybody create music? I mean, how do you do that? You sit down one day and say, I'm going to create music and out comes music.
1: Well, I think sometimes it can be a little less creative than what people like to think it is. I think it can be, all right, I'm setting a goal. I want to start working on this song. I know there's some songs that I've been, you know, kind of putting on the back burner and I get a little bit here and there work done over like a course of a couple of years. I've had other times I sit down and write a song and it just comes. Um, so I think it, a lot of times setting goals, something that I've realized too, with, Creating like in general, not just music, something that has actually freed me up to be more creative is setting setting parameters. Like I'm going to work within these boundaries and set a goal of that. So, for example, um, most of the songs that I you know write are on guitar, and so there have been times where I think, okay, I want to write this song in the key of B. Which, if you're a guitar player, the key of B is something you always capo to get. You don't actually play in B because it's a hard key to play in and have it sound good. Um, and so anyways, I was starting to you know, play in B and uh, work with it that way. And I thought, what if I detune this one string to make it go with the key of B? And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, there's this whole other tuning um, and it makes it sound full, and so, anyways, a lot of creativity I think comes within the context of so putting you, the parameters So you you broke
0: the theory of music or something?
1: I did. I I made my own law. There, there you go. <laughs> no, <laughs> just just kidding. But um, back to it. We were talking about is like how does it happen? And I, something we kind of talked about before this recording was um, there is there's nothing wrong with being inspired by other people's work. I think a lot of musicians like to create in a bubble and have zero influence, you know, and just like don't listen to music for a while and then see what comes. I guess if it works for you, I mean you can try that, but I I think that hearing other people's work inspires me and what comes out of that, you know, even if people do a cover of somebody else's song, it is uniquely theirs. Um it's their cover even if it's not an original song. So when they go to create their own music, they'll you know, pull from a little of this song. Like, I really like that chord progression. I like the dynamics. I want to do something like that, you know. Or here, I like the way that they built upon this idea without changing the chords. They just built it up, right. you know. So, I mean, it's it's kind of, um, it just comes from the person. And So it's, it's unique. Yes, it is unique.
0: Now, as a speaker, as somebody who teaches a lot, I usually tell people, you know, I'm stealing my material from everybody else. I, I don't think there's another thought, a unique thought in my brain.
1: But the way that you communicate it exactly. is unique to you. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And that's what I was, I was wondering, if music has that same quality, because it's, uh, I, I can't come up with anything new from the Bible.
1: Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. There,
0: there's nothing there. Yeah. And then a lot of times I'm listening to a podcast or a speaker, and, well, it makes sense. And then I'll take it and repackage it. Mm-hmm. In a different way, and I may say it the same way, but if I do, I try and credit them. Right. But if I don't say it the same way, I'm not sure that I need to credit them because I'm I got inspiration from them, but I'm not really quoting them. Right. And, and so I don't know how all that fits all the time. And someone might say, "Where'd you get that thought from?" And I could tell them, mm-hmm. and I'm not afraid to tell them because I I honestly believe there's nothing new under the sun. That, mm-hmm. I, whatever I do, yeah, you already know about it somehow
1: yeah there's a song that i'm working on right now actually that um it's kind of about the prodigal son and how it well i shouldn't say the prodigal son it's about the the father's two sons right and one was rebellious um you know to get what he could from the father and then the the older brother was good for the same reason what he could get from his father. And the whole theme of the song is whether you're, you know, rebellious or whether you've done everything right, but for the wrong reasons come back home. Right. You know, and it's, it's this whole idea of like loving the father just for the sake of loving the father, not about what you can get from him and all this stuff. And so it's called come back home. And, The idea was planted in my mind when my wife had texted me this short video of my son who loves drums. He's got this little drum set and he's always, always pounding on these things. So he uh, she sent me this little video clip. Um, I was at work. And he sent me, she sent me this clip of him drumming and just like yell, singing, come back home, come back <laughs> home. <laughs> and so this song kind of was inspired by that. And, it, you know, the ideas came from the Bible and right. changed from how it originally started. But there was just this hilarious video of my son banging on his plastic drums yelling, come back home. And I thought like, oh, there's a song there, you yeah. know. And so I think a lot of times inspiration... I try to draw it from what's around me. and uh,
0: So when you write so. music, are you trying to make a statement or are you just expressing something? I mean, are you trying to hmm. to have people challenge the way they live and think about how they live? Or are you just saying, here's how I see the world?
1: I personally usually try to make it um, e- either a challenge or just like inspirational to like look at life from a different perspective. Okay. I I would say that's, that's a lot, but a lot of challenges come out of that too. You know, the whole idea of the, um, um, the second verse about the older son in the, in the song I referenced, um, just goes, he's the one who lived his life, right. So that everyone would say that he's the best. He only loved his dad for what he had, and inside he's as dirty as the rest. Yeah. And it's just this, the idea is to be challenged of, like, whoa. Yeah. You know, and I've had to, as a pastor's kid, evaluate myself like that, because I would say I identify as, you know, an older brother. I am the oldest, um, but that mentality of, like, living right because it's what you're supposed to do, and if you do good things, they'll come to you. It's like, but... I should love my dad just for the relationship. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of the whole heart behind it. So did you ever it.
0: think of doing a series of songs and having Job in there too and 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 other characters and have a whole theme of of ideas of people who learned to love God and, and some of them did it for what they got out of it and some of them, mm. you know, just did it? Like no, Job just did it.
1: Yeah, so it's interesting you bring that up because... Um, that kind of goes with, you know, what I was talking about earlier. Is a lot of my inspiration and creativity comes from something like that, where you put up these parameters of like, okay, here's here's the idea. Write a song about these guys that loved God and how they got there and what it looked like, and so I'm starting to think, okay, here's these parameters. How do I make something that comes up um, within those but expresses? expresses that idea in, like, a fresh, relatable way or however, you know, just like, what what is it I'm trying to accomplish yeah. with it? So, for example, the song we did for the 50th, you know, uh-huh. that was the same kind of thing. You said, like, I want it to be about showing God. I want it to be about how he's been faithful all these years, how he's going to remain faithful in the future, how, you know, we're about raising people up to, um to lead when we're not here to lead anymore. Right. And so all of those things I'm like how do how do I make this <laughs> into a song? You know, but I th- I've been, you know, had people compliment and comment on that song quite a bit right. since since it was written and you know, that's humbling and flattering and all that. But the idea behind saying that is it came from this parameter of like, right. could we do something like that? Right. So when you say something Along the lines of, could we do a song about like Job and these other guys? Well, and- see,
0: immediately my brain starts going. So we're doing like a, a, a brain session for everybody listening. Yeah. You know, I mean? it's <laughs> like, here's, yeah. here, here's we're, we're kind of trying to, I'm actually discussing with you, how do you do music? You had an idea. You talk about the prodigal son and his brother. I immediately think, okay, Job, why did he love God and how he's on display? But I also think of those kings in the book of Daniel. So you have this guy like Nebuchadnezzar
1: mm-hmm. who
0: just won't give in, won't give in, won't give in. And God sends these three guys to a furnace. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden he gives in. Then he won't give in again and God has him eat grass. Yeah. You know I mean? The whole process of, uh, okay, Mr. in front of everybody trying to get people to worship you. Mm-hmm. I got to take you through this process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like the two boys in the prodigal son were through a process. And, and Job was being put through a process. And then you get Daniel later in the lion's den and that king. You know, by the end of it the king's declaring to the world that God is God. And, mm-hmm. and it was almost as if God was looking at this king saying, You know what, I gotta send somebody to you to finalize the, the understanding of who I am. Daniel, let's do this. Let's make a law throw the guy in the you know, lions won't eat 'em and and so here's here's a whole process that's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we miss the process. But what what's interesting is I know as I talk to you, your brain'll start rattling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and all of a sudden you have a Uh, Like an album of songs that are all having to do with this process and the idea of how it looks on the outside and how it really is. Mm -hmm. Because you take that king, for example, in um, Daniel chapter six, he's so miserable while Daniel's in the lion's den. Daniel's, you know, who knows what he's doing? He's playing with the cats. You know, Mm -hmm. who knows what he's doing down there? But the bottom line is it's the king that's miserable. Right. Now, it was supposed to be Daniel that was miserable.
1: Right. And dead.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> not even close. Yeah. And so in the process, though, those guys who acted like they loved a king, so they got something out of it, mm-hmm. they got killed in the line's done.
1: hmm
0: I mean, it's, it's kind of along the same line you're talking about. It's like, you know what? Here's these guys who put on the act. hmm
1: So that would be the, the idea to draw out right. and touch on. Yeah. And, and how to do that in a way that makes sense that flows, that's creative. Like I try to be, yeah, pretty critical of so myself. So do you
0: do it with, like, we're just doing it in front of people, but this is like our normal conversation anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. if you start going on something, I start going on something, and we have this conversation, and then you take it and do something with it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like then, at some point, just having no more input, and just creating, or do you like, uh, like, would you take what we just talked about, your brother's very musical, mm-hmm. and creative. Mm-hmm. So, and he also works here at Silverbird Trance. So would you take it to him and say, here, I got some ideas? Or would you keep it to yourself and come to him when it's more developed? Um, I mean, I have a
1: good relationship with my brother. I'd bring it to him pretty early. I've, I've shown him songs when it's like totally rough cut. Like I've got a verse and a chorus or I've got one line of a chorus, <laughs> you know? So, um... No, I would take it to him. And one thing that I would have to say looking back um, is I've seen how God has used those things to mature me. I right. I would say when I was younger, I wouldn't let people see it till I thought it was polished and refined. Right. And then it was scary to show it to people because it's like, well, what about this? And what about that? And I'm like, dude, this is my work. Leave it alone. It's great. You know, but now I've really learned, and my brother's been a big part of this, but I've learned the value of having other people's input and having other people look at it. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's so, so valuable if I'm willing to, now I wouldn't, Let necessarily everybody i wouldn't show it to everybody and be like you know what do you think about this what do you think about this um but i think there is like select people that need to see it for example we were doing a design for a lady's shirt for our um trading post and i had my wife look at it and she had you know a lot of different things and like i made some adjustments and showed it to her again and it's looking better, but could you do this and this? And I'm like, well, what if we do the placement like this? And she said, well, you know, a lot of ladies, you know, maybe don't want to draw attention to themselves in that way. I'm like, oh, I never would have thought yeah. of it like that. Yeah. So thank you, you know? And I think that's a huge part of being, I would say, a successful creator is having people that you trust that are going to be honest with you that also want you to succeed around you so that you can bounce these ideas off them and they could say, like, oh, man, I love the direction,
0: but they also but let's refine do it. They also, they, I think they also have to have a certain um, input skill that you're looking for. For example, uh, I am somebody I've never eaten a food just about that I haven't liked. No matter what you serve me, I'm going to go, that's great.
1: That's, that's what I was referring to. Like, you don't want to just show it to everybody. Yeah, because, they have to have credentials. Yeah,
0: a cook does not want to ask me to critique the meal. Mm-hmm because I've never critiqued one poorly. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. how do you like that? I love that, you know, it's like, okay, I need to find somebody, the cook would say in their mind, I need to find somebody more discriminating than you. Right. Now, some might say that that's a gift that I have, that I don't have a real, you know, that I'll eat everything and that I like everything.
1: But that that would be for a different context. It would then, be, and it
0: would up. not be for critiquing whether the food is done right.
1: Yeah, that that's a, an excellent point to bring up, especially in our culture, right now. Everybody thinks about because there's a comment section, everybody's opinion is law, which is totally not valid. You know, if I'm say I'm mixing a song because I. Um I've been learning I like to tell people I've been learning how not to record for right. 10 years cuz right. I'm just now getting to the point where I'm like not embarrassed to show people you know cuz right. recording is it's it's quite a grueling process. Um but if I was to just ask somebody who or if somebody was to come to me and I had no idea who they were and they're like I don't I don't like your mix. It's like okay. <laughs> yeah. So you don't like my mix. But if there's somebody like, uh, the, the guy, uh, for example, it's kind of a, yeah. Chris Lord Alge is a massive, massively well-known mixer. Right. If he was to say like, your mix was okay, but I would, you know, adjust the low end on your bass in this way and, you know, add some compression here. I'd be like, this is so valuable. Thank you for your input right. because, you know, he's got like, master classes and like he has tons of teaching He talks at huge conferences and mixes like you know a massive percentage of songs that have made it on the radio for the last i don't know couple decades right. so like that's where i think where you were going with yeah, that absolutely. is like his opinion <laughs> and experience matters if i was gonna you know ask I'm um, just a random person yeah. on the street. I, I'm not sure it would matter. If
0: you were to ask me to look at a song, I'm looking at the words.
1: And that would be why I would ask yeah. you to look I, at a song. I am song. not, you know, right.
0: the the musicality of it, mm-hmm. I'm not evaluating. Mm-hmm. In fact, you've probably noticed, you play it and I go, that sounds great. And you're going, "I'm, you know, you're <laughs> you're, you're kind of like Thanks. wincing while it goes through. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh man, that sounds great. You could put that to market tomorrow. And it's like, yeah, Dave. Thank you. See you later. <laughs> yeah. However, I, you know, I am I'm, uh, I'm very philosophical. I like I like words. I like their meaning. I like mm-hmm. playing with words. So even uh, in church, a lot of times I'm silent. I'm evaluating the song, and mm-hmm. and I've done that all my life. I evaluate words, um. But I'm not very musical, so I couldn't help you there. But I could help you look at the words and say, Do you know what you're conveying here? Mm-hmm. You know, with these words. Um. Once you get that down, the music part my goodness, I grew up in Chicago. They played this jazz stuff, which I actually liked, but I could never follow how they did it.
1: Mm.
0: You know, I mean, all of a sudden, this guy's going off in this over here somewhere with some saxophone, and you're thinking, that sounds cool, but I bet you can't do that again. (laughs) You know, they they seemed to ad-lib a lot Mm. uh, when they were doing it. And I understand that's what they do with jazz. They ad-lib to a certain degree. So, I'm not sure if it's mm. actually written down because I'm not a musician or if they actually do it and never can do it again. Right. It, it, but it sounds like it's different. Yeah. Know, and they go kind of wild together and usually it turns out pretty nice. Usually has, because there's talented individuals that, mm-hmm. and again, that's said from somebody who likes all food or likes pretty much all music. Mm-hmm. So, when you're listening mm-hmm. and you don't have that discrimination factor, right. Um, somebody who does can look at you and go, really?
1: Yeah. So it is important to surround yourself with people that have valuable input, you know, whether that be somebody to look at the lyrics, somebody to listen to the music, somebody to refine it. You know, I think that's, that's why people pay big bucks for producers. You know, that's, right. what, that's what they do. So anyways. Yeah.
0: Well, I find it interesting because honestly, um, being able to take thoughts and creatively put them in order so that people can grab them. As a teacher, I realize that everybody learns differently. Uh, I am Mm -hmm. one who likes a lecture. I like to sit and listen to somebody who knows what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I like them to expound on what they're talking about. And I want to listen and ponder. And as they're talking, I like to um, ask questions and do different things um, in my head and answer them later. Uh, People are different. Some people like uh, interactive uh, classes. Some people like um, to do a lot of personal reading. Some like, you know, audio. Some what I'm saying is everybody's so different that if you're going to be a teacher of any sort, whether a musician or you're going to be a speaker and you're going to be creative, you need to realize that there are people that won't be in your wheelhouse. They're not going to listen, and there are others who will love what you do. You you're not going to reach everybody all the time because of the different styles. And we'll talk more about this when we get together again. Uh, And we hope that you will join us. You can go to Relate365.com and get this as a podcast anytime you'd like. You've been listening to Younger Older. This is Dave Wager, and I have been with Todd McElhaney, coming to you from the studios of Relate365.com, here on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. We'll see you next time.